Welcome to the Call That Girl Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 97. If you're new to the show and want to check out my past shows and notes, you can go to callthatgirl.com and look for the podcast button at the top. If you are new to the show by um, maybe through being a new subscriber on my YouTube channel or a new YouTube listener from my, from my podcast show, I'll let you know that moving ahead, I'm going to be doing all my videos, all my podcasts on YouTube because I need to keep my YouTube channel alive and well. Last month, I got a termination notice that I was going to be terminated from the YouTube plan. And boy, it got me kicking. I had a month to get the numbers. So it really stirred up a lot of ideas for me. And the one thing is, you know, outside of Google for my Call That Girl business, that's where I get all my calls from, right? YouTube is, is really up there with people Googling, or sorry, they go to YouTube, <laughs> the YouTubing, and they find the error they're looking for, they want to look for something, and my videos show up. So I've decided that after this uh, partnership plan came back in for me, I'm going to kick it up. So all my podcasts are going to be over here. If you don't want to see me, just turn the monitor, whatever, or hide the tab. I'm always going to try to give out great information, though. But I want to start doing a little bit more. You know, those that are subscribers and listeners, um, I did two interviews uh, with Amit and Adam, and I'm going to try to give you guys good information to learn from. We are really going to be focusing on Office 365 this coming year, like a lot, because there is a lot going on. And outside of the constant Outlook problems, the Office 365 just never changes. It is just its own dynamic machine in there, constantly running. So I've learned I have to keep up with tons of other things like experts and what's going on. Teams is huge right now. It's, it's insane, Teams. If you're not using it, you need to get into it because I'm getting into it now and I'm already like, wow, a lot can go on in there. I don't have a team to practice with. So I'm trying. I got a guy in the UK who's giving me access to his teams. <laughs> and uh, there's another guy that's like, well, you could do a lot in your own teams. I'm like, true, there's a wiki and there's some other stuff. But I mean, I want to do more, you know. But um, it's on my game plan this year to learn it a lot more. But anyway, the, most of the interviews are done for a while, but I do plan on incorporating more interviews with my regular shows. So if you're like an old listener going, what happened to the old shows where you talk about horror stories? Well, they're going to be back. But I am going to let you know that if you are a listener of my how-to videos or error blogs, I'm not going to make them anymore and edit. I'm done with that because I really need to focus on getting out more content. I know people love having one screen open and being guided through the answers, but basically I've learned I can get out more content if I just go slower, explain, and have you follow along and give you some tips on like, here's what can happen if that doesn't happen. Um, I just, editing takes so much time. It's a lot of work for a two minute video and it, it might not seem like it, but it is because I will mess up a lot. I'll tell you that editing and I got to scratch it, edit it, and eh, it's annoying. So anyway, expect more if you're a new subscriber. And if you're not a subscriber yet to the channel, please go down there and subscribe. And there's a bunch of notes in each show of all the things I sell, support, and other experts I work with, and other referrals. I'm trying to be a really good referral person this year because I have a lot of access to a lot of people. So check everything out in the notes while I'm talking or whatever. Okay, one thing I'm going to start off with the show this week is I get some calls sometimes, and this is where I'm going to try to train you folks on two things about 
Office 365 Exchange that sometimes people don't know. I get calls often from companies that went through migration fine with their MSP or their, you know, their IT person or whatever, but they have little questions that the IT people might not know because it's not in their wheelhouse to know it every day, right? Or Office 365 changes so much that they really don't have like the hands-on, you know, experience like I do that I, I deal with it every day. So they sometimes come looking for me and say, hey, we got a few questions since the migration. One common one I get is sharing calendars. So there's two parts to this, okay? First part is when you're sharing a calendar in a brand new exchange account set up with Office, or excuse me, Outlook, and it doesn't have to be brand new, it's just the new Office 365 setup. Outlook by default has the calendar permission set up for, um, for you to click on offline global address list. Big no-no, okay? So what happens is people go in, set up all their permissions, give everybody access through the, the offline one, but it doesn't work because it's only for that outlook only. You need to go up, and I'll walk you through it so you can follow along. Um, you need to change it to the global address list, which pulls it from the server, okay? So right-click on your calendar, go to properties. I'm doing it right now. Go to permissions. Go to add. And at the top, it says offline global address list by default. Go switch the address book down to global address list. And then you'll see the people in the company and you can go ahead and click on their name, click add and give them the right permissions. And if they've already added your calendar, they just basically need to close Outlook and it'll launch fresh with the right permissions. That offline list is uh, it's every time. And I typically, when I get those folks, they have other issues anyway. So that's like a quick five-minute fix. But really, you know, people at that point have many more things. But the second part to that is, if you want it to always be the global address list as default, which it should be for all your stuff, close all those windows. Go open up your Outlook and go to your address book. And I'm doing it right now. Go to Tools at the top of the address book. Go to Options. And then at the bottom it says, when opening the address book, show this address list first. Change it from offline to global address list. Hit OK. And close the windows and relaunch it. And then your global is the default. Okay? You need that if you're in an exchange environment no matter what. This offline thing, I laugh. It makes me a lot of money. But it should be fixed. <laughs> I, I don't know why Microsoft likes everything offline. Because it, it doesn't work. But the second thing is, this is one of my biggest YouTube videos, by the way, is people get everything set up and then they're like, well, how come I can't see so-and-so's calendar on my phone, even though we've shared it? Ah, young grasshopper, that is never going to happen. Well, it might happen one day, but I don't think it's going to too soon. So in the beginning of this, clients used to say, well, we're trying third-party apps and nothing's working. And I, so I, I finally spent a ton of hours with the client and I was like I'm not gonna bill you for this because I really need to learn it anyway but I'm gonna tell you that I've put in too many hours now we're done let's just buy you a new mailbox and they're like what do you mean and I said well you need to spend an extra five dollars a month or whatever the exchange was at the time and buy the mailbox and this is what I came up with kind of myself but I read it on a blog too because I mean I spent a lot of time trying to figure this out and you basically buy 
uh, a mailbox, and then that mailbox can be added to everybody's phones. They can be added to iPads, tablets, computers, whatever you want. It's its own mailbox. And then there you set it up into each person's Outlook. So this is great for like a sales team, okay? So the sales team, let's say you got Joe Smith, and then in his Outlook it'll have, you know, sales at the company name, and that'll be only the calendar and contacts. Now people ask like, well, that costs more money. Why don't we use the public calendar? And contacts, that's free. Or why don't we create a group? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, because it don't work. Okay? You need to have an extra mailbox for mobile and computing functionality to be shared. You just have to. And so what's funny is when people call me and they start asking me all these questions, first thing I say is, oh man, I bet they're going to need that mailbox. And then as a consultant, the minute I say you need to have a mailbox, it dings in their head and they don't want to hire me because I just gave them the answer. So it's really, here's what I'll tell you is that the answer is a mailbox, but there's so much more I do within the mailbox that is not just uh, you know make a, a mailbox. I do setup, configuration, I train the person doing it so they're not using the company calendar for their private appointments. I help them with their phone. I mean, I spend probably a half hour with each person to make sure it's done right. So I mean, yeah, the quick answer for an IT person is set up a mailbox. And if you want to go through all that with your clients, great. That's your freebie. But clients, I, I, I don't even know how to say it to them. Yeah, I need an hour to tell you it's a, it's a new mailbox, but I really try to sell my services during that consult to say, hmm, and then you're going to have other issues too because you're probably going to have complicated merging of contacts, which is a lot of times people have that. They have duplicates. So I try to sell all my aftercare services. And typically in a migration, people don't, you know, uh, get a ton of aftercare, which is what I do, the fine-tuning aftercare. Make sure people are really happy and satisfied with their outlook and their teams with their exchange. And it even can get into SharePoint level too, but um, typically that's another level. So I actually had two of those calls this week, but one fella, hmm, Gosh, he took it to another level, this guy. And I love him for that because he's the kind of guy, <laughs> I get a lot of these clients, they're excited to find somebody that knows the little tiny things that their brain is going and they're asking me questions before I'm even done with the first request. So then I have to go, okay, why don't you write that down because I can only do one thing at a time. <laughs> and after like, three times they'll do it there. I mean, I actually like when they do it because that means they're excited, right? But I can only do one thing at a time. They start seeing things they want fine tuned and can we do this? And Oh, can we do that? And I have to go and say, yes, no, yes, no. And cause I know the products so well, there is some limitations of what the products can do. You know, not everything can happen. So the one thing, if you're a tech listening is expectations, you know, you don't know what's, you have no idea how the client possibly used their outlook before the migration. If you brought them on new and if you're a client listening, you know, make sure to have a list of problems or things you want. I call it the wish list to give to your technician so they can come prepared beforehand to go, you know what? That's not something we can do. So if you say to your client, this is in my wheelhouse right here. And if we need somebody else, then they know that then you're managing the job right and setting the expectations better. That's one thing I've learned because I don't waste time anymore on things I can't do. That's why I have my referrals that I, I refer work to, like with SharePoint and Power BI and all the, there's tons of extended things. 
tons of them, which we'll talk about in another show. But uh, if you're interested right now, go down to the link down the bottom. There is my expert referral form, and you can see all the people I'm referring work to. Okay, um, let's see. So I helped that client with that. I helped that guy. They're very similar, and actually both of them are now into their three hours of consulting with me. So if you didn't think that there could be three hours of consulting with aftercare, there can be, and there can be probably five hours for one of the clients. He already pre-booked me for three hours next week, which I was giddy. I'm like, I love it. You get three more hours of questions? Yay! <laughs> I love it, because those clients are fun for me. We're not troubleshooting, we're exploring and learning. And then, you know, typically I know a lot of it, but uh, it's just fun seeing the clients get excited about all the new things they can do with Exchange. If you're a technician that's still using Pop and IMAP, a lot of this stuff you can't even do because it's not there on the, you don't have a server to work with. And if you're a client listening, moving to Exchange is really great because of all the things you get to do with it. <laughs> it's really affordable. Okay, I'm gonna take a break real quick here and uh, thank our sponsor, AppRiver. I kind of should do that in the beginning, I guess. AppRiver has been a sponsor of the show here for, I believe, four years coming up this spring. I've been a partner with them since 2013. Um, back in the days when I was doing, uh, when I had a store and I changed over to remote, I had to find a new partner because the current partner I had was not really doing a good job with sales and support. So I found AppRiver through um, a website and I called them up and created a partnership with them. You know, the thing I'd like about working with AppRiver is I know how their system works. I know their salespeople, their you know, they're technicians, how they work. And I kind of know when I sell it to my clients, I say, look, I work with them for a reason because I've been with them for five years. I'm very loyal to their, their brand. They treat me with the same love or respect. You know, clients um, can call 24 hours a day. They're based out of Florida. Their technicians are, you know, trained well. And the difference between calling Microsoft and having a vendor is a huge difference. The, AppRiver doesn't have you call Microsoft, period. You don't have to. They'll take care of it all. I don't think I've ever had to call Microsoft once since I've been with them. And, um, and if you are a technician, they've got two plans. You can be a reseller or you can be a partner. Now, if you're a reseller, of course, you run your own systems and bill your own clients. I'm a partner. I have my clients pay AppRiver for a reason. And if you're a client listening, you know why. Because... That they manage your service and stuff for your exchange. I always tell clients, you should always call AppRiver first for simple things and then call me for the other things because my clients tend to have not just one exchange in their outlook, but many accounts, many other things. And they always have little things they want to do like these uh, consulting jobs. They uh, want to use me in 15 minute increments for questions and help and stuff like that. So I really don't lose out on not being a reseller. If you're wondering like, well, how do you make money? Well, I make money. I service my clients. I help them with the onboarding and the aftercare and all that stuff. And um, AppRiver does a good job of keeping my stuff really working so I can keep doing the things I love doing, which is not invoicing and keeping track of that stuff. If you know me, I'm not an invoicer. Mm -mm. Credit card before all jobs. That's how I roll. All right, so I had a job I wasn't for sure I was going to talk about because it was kind of like a one-day devastation. <laughs> but um, it happened in one day. Well, the end of it did, and I've tried to move on, but I try to teach my 
my folks listening or watching, I try to have learning lessons with things, right? So I, I, I want to call this maybe call that girl's golden nuggets or something really fun because not every learning experience should be bad. You know, every failure should not be a bad thing. Like, so I've been trying to follow the secret. I'm a believer of the secret. So I'm trying to turn negatives into positives quickly and not dwell on stuff. But I've been, I've been debating about telling this story. So I'm just going to tell the short version just so I can get out there. But I get many times uh, clients who will send me, um, a, you know, they'll put a request in. We make the appointment. They follow all the rules, right? But then what happens is once we get in the appointment, they're like, well, I have really an eight-page document of problems. Yep. I've seen this many times, actually, eight pages. Now, a lot of it might be screenshots, but we're talking detailed problems, right? Well, I don't get them all that much, but when I do get them, I have to read through them, which takes me a long time and assess it. And so I think that, you know, that should be on the billable time, of course, but sometimes I read beforehand. And the one thing that, um, that would happen with this job was the, the client was great the first two hours and then we started having issues and here's what the issue was. It was a Gmail account which had lots and lots of old email from that important folder, the all mail, and the person lived in a remote area with really bad internet. So you know what's happening here, the IMAP is broken. It, it doesn't have fast enough internet to keep up with that kind of mail, that workload. And so I typically, you know, from learning, I do one hour, I take a credit card. One hour, take a credit card. Well, I was doing that. And the third hour, you know, I was kind of like, he's a cool guy. I can get, you know, the card, you know, the next session, right? We had many little sessions. Well, the credit card got declined. I was like, well, he's a nice guy. There's no need, you know, to worry about it. Okay, lesson, worry about it. Get the credit card before you take the third hour work. No matter how nice they are, just do it, okay? Because you are, I was, I've documented everything I've done. There's no reason why I shouldn't have said, let me get a third hour, right? Okay, so third hour went by, fourth hour, I was into it, and he was just saying, go for it, keep fixing it. You know, I told him it was going to be a lot of time, and he was like, cool with that. And then um, he started in the fourth hour getting, um, you know, like not so happy, and I'm like, hey, you're watching me. You've seen it. There's nothing I can do here. And, um, and he started getting angry with me. And so then I got a few texts in the morning with, it's an emergency. There's problems. So, of course, I wake up panicking. What's wrong? I just spent a lot of time yesterday making sure it was perfect, right? And I spent a half hour on the phone with him. And I said, you know what? I need to, uh, I was really getting overworked and frustrated, too, because I was, Every time I was fixing something, something else was breaking. It was like this battle with Outlook. And him, too, with his expectations of what he wanted. And basically, in a nutshell, um, on the phone, I said, look, I need another, I need to get your credit card caught up on this job. And he was like, I'm not paying you till you're done. Now, the tone right there was not a good one. It went from nice guy, nice guy, nah, he was kind of changing in the third and fourth hour, but he just really wanted it fixed, but... He knew there was expectations and things going on, like his internet speed and things like that. But um, after a half hour of me like doing like 20 things in a half hour, it, it went bad really quickly. And uh, I knew at that point, why didn't I get that third hour credit card? 
And why did I get that fourth hour? Because I got into that nice, nice client mode. If you're a client listening to this, this is why people have you prepay. And it's a learning lesson because here's the thing is, let's say even like I got the four hours of payment and he was like not happy. Sure, he can go to Amex, charge back. Amex will say, you win, because Amex listens to everybody. But what happens is when you document every single call and your remote logs and your texting and your emails and every single thing, you can win when there's a chargeback. You can't be afraid of never getting a chargeback from Amex. I've won, I've only had two actually, but these are the similar things. The client gets angry, they charge it back because they're not happy with you. And I've done hundreds and hundreds of jobs, so two chargebacks since I think it was 2014 maybe is a pretty good record. But you can win with a chargeback if you do everything properly. So my first tip is a four-hour job, you know, you get that paid and they charge back, at least you can try to win that, you know. Here's the thing is that the guy took the two hours and never charged back, knock on wood. And he still might, but I'll tell you that I have almost 70 emails from this client, okay? And I've got all the pic screenshots of the texts and just everything. So I really, that day that happened, um, I felt so like, how did I let this get in this direction, you know? And that's how fast the clients can spin. And if you're a client listening, if you're a spinner, you know, remember, we're trying to do our best to help you at your speed. And uh, anyway, so I just said that was the final, final nice client I ever trust because I, I usually do take, you know what the nice thing is? My clients are so awesome that I'll say, hey, we're up for another hour. Let me get your credit card. And they're like, hey, no problem. There you go. And everything's great, you know, because you are working with them on a project. And I just, uh, a couple of flags for me is when people send you eight pages of here's all my problems. I'm tempted to say, you know, let's start with the 10 hour ticket and I'm gonna bill you every single hour so you know, so it's not like you bill them for the 10 hours, but you say 10 hours, one hour per page. Because then that sets it up to them to go, wow, that's at 150 bucks an hour, that's gonna be $1,500. Yes, that's what I'm gonna quote you for that job. And then if they're like, see, that's what I should've done with this client was said $1,500 is your quote. <laughs> that would have slowed him way down and it probably would have been better. And you know what? I, I would have won it or I wouldn't have. And if I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had the stress, you know? So I'm thinking smarter this year. I'm taking each call on and setting up better quotes. You know, I've been doing that anyway, which is just naturally because I've been learning. But that one there really was an eye opener for me and I just wasn't I wasn't real happy about it, but I said, look, how can I win from this? And the other one is telling people it's going to be that many hours. And only build one hour at a time, though. <laughs> That's what I've still learned, no matter what. I don't do projects. But anyway, uh, let's see what else we have here. Um, if you recall, I talked about a lot in 2016 that I wasn't happy with the outlook and the migration work. And over the holidays, I had the big you know, kind of epiphany of focusing on what I love, which is not migrations. I've been working with Adam, who was on my show a couple shows ago, and um, I think we've got 12 migrations set up 
in five weeks. And I just am like delivering them now. And I'm like, cool, they're just flying out the door and I'm selling my upsells and doing it. So if you're, you know, in a position where you're like, things aren't happening, just start, you know, paying attention to how you're selling it and doing things like that and start feeling like, you know, you can win them more because that's all I did was just start feeling positive about it. I was just, I think because I felt alone too, but I just got so frustrated. But now I've got Adam and I've got a few other referral people and uh, so everything's going a lot better since 2017. I tell you that I'm a much happier place. Um, and uh, let's see what else I have here. I was going to talk about a few other jobs, but I think I'm just going to do that next time. I'm going to be working on two new projects here. Um, one I don't have officially have done yet, so I'm not going to tell everybody, but another one is, um, something like someone recommend, actually two people recommended this since they're like, yeah, you're so into the YouTube now. Why don't you do like ask Lisa or something? Um, you know, when people find they're Googling something, they could say, Hey Lisa, go make me a video. And so I can say, Oh sure. Let me go make you a video. And which would take me like five minutes, just like I'm doing now. Then I can go post it out there and put it out on the, oops, put it out to the interwebs so everybody can learn from it. So that's probably something I'm going to be doing here in two weeks. Um, when I get back from my trip, I'm going to go to Mexico next week. So next show I will be super tan and, um, and happily relaxed. I hope I'm not working. Oh my God. This is my first actually non-working vacation I've ever had. Every other time I've taken vacations, I had to, uh, tell my friends I was with, yeah, I still got to work a little bit, but this one I'm actually, my calendar's cleared. I've got my voicemail set up. Adam is my reserve. Scott's my other reserve. I've got things in place so I can just check email, hopefully. And I did not put Facebook on my phone, so I'm not going to be there, but I do have Instagram. So if you want to follow me there, you can go ahead and follow me on Instagram and I decided just to read a book and do a couple of things and try to really get off the grid, um, enjoy myself and work on these projects. But the Ask Lisa or whatever I call it will be out in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm, I, I kind of like that idea because then I can find out what people are having problems with and actually focus on that a little bit more because I can't watch everything, you know, it's a lot of work. Well, anyway, I think that's it, folks. I'm going to close up the show here. If you've um, got anything you want to ask me now, go ahead and email me, Lisa, at callthatgirl.biz. And I have the show notes, like I said, down below. Please like, share, and subscribe. If you're a podcast listener, thank you for being loyal and staying with me through all the years. And I have a show 100. I have to think about what I'm going to do for that. Something maybe fancy and special. We'll see. But um, anyway... This has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio supported by Mitch Heyman. That's it, folks, and see you next week. Bye-bye.